Here's a preview from this episode. I know a spiritual leader who's very famous, very well known, who will say immediately, not an angel person, but really into shamanism, really into ascended masters. What do we got? If we got the divine going, I'm meeting you where you are. You, you need to connect with me. I want to connect with you. And so fine, I'll do it. I'll do it through Ganesh with you. I'll do it through Kuan Yin. I'll do it through however you want, because the angels don't care how you talk to them. They only care that you do the divine even more so. Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that if you do daily are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And friends, you're going to get the biggest, just heartfelt warmies today from our guest, Radley oh. Valentine. Yes, Radley, thank you so much for just being here and being you. You are the angel master. Oh, that's so sweet. Of course. So sweet. I know a few people who might disagree, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I, I try. Yeah. If you have angel cards, you know that Radley, how many decks do you have now? The 10th one comes out in October. That's the 10th deck since 2012. So plus three books, plus a ton of video courses. Yeah. So workaholic. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's so funny though that you say that because I feel this energy too of just like, People always say, well, Julie, you have to be in oneness in order to be able to bring through the angels. Yeah, I know that. But still, there's a lot for us to do in this lifetime. And you can be in oneness and immersed in just this energy of channeling. And it is a lot of work, but I feel like I'm retired every day. Oh, you know, it's like I posted a meme on Facebook the other day that shows an iceberg. It shows the like the very tip of the iceberg, which is like just a tiny little thing. And then underneath the water is this gigantic iceberg. And at the top of the water, it points to the little tiny part you see. And it says the work you see. And underneath it, it's like all the work that gets done that you don't see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I completely agree with you about oneness and, and the need for peace and presence. And yet this is a lot of work to get the message out to seven and a half billion people on planet Earth. And then that takes a village that, you know, it's like Radley can't do that, you know, and Colette can't do that. Colette Baron-Reed can't do that. And John Holland can't do that. 
It's like even Gabby Bernstein can't do that. It's like it takes all of us, but it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's just the work is fun and that's what you want work to be. Okay, so let's talk about this though. You bring up a really good point. There's a ton of healers, intuitive angel messengers who listen to this show. What I have heard people say is that the first time that you start a business, you focus on the services and the product. The second time you start a business, you focus on distribution and really getting the message out because you know you have a good product or service. And I've really been feeling that angel message come in for me in my life, but you just kind of touched on a point that I want all healers to hear, which is this does take a village. Like you alone (laughs) cannot get this message out. And it's a lot of work to cultivate a team and book publisher and everybody around you who's really going to help you share your message. Here's my question. There are a lot of people who are like, okay, but Julie, that's egocentric or that's your ego coming in. And Mm -hmm. the angel saying, no, it's not. No, 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 it really isn't. I mean, it's like, We can want to live in the utopian, energetic field of what it is like when before we incarnate into this body. It's natural for us to want it. In this moment, we're behind the veil. It's hidden from us. But we still energetically remember what that felt like. We want to feel that. That's not the incarnation we are in. This is planet Earth. Okay? Planet Earth, not necessarily the funnest place in the world. And so there's a lot of challenges. There are a lot of earthly challenges. There are a lot of physical challenges that come with being incarnated on this particular plane. And the realities are it's a money-driven society. The reality is that it is, we now have this social media Goliath that runs our lives. And If you really want the world to hear and to see the message of the angels or the message of, I don't care, Ganesh or Buddha or Christ or whatever energy it is that you are personally aligned with, whose message you feel to be able to connect, you can't do that by play pretending that you're somewhere else because you're not, you're here. And the way that it works here is to engage in those things. And that's how you spread the message. It's just the rules. We may not like the rules. Maybe it's not our favorite video game. I call life a video game, but that's what it is. And it's not egocentric. It is spirit centric to want to spread the message. And you have to do it the way that it is done here. Yeah. You know, the very first time I ran my angel Reiki school, where I teach people how to be an angel messenger, About six months later, I checked in with a woman who was in the class and I said, how's it going? She's like, Julie, I'm praying for God to send me, you know, people to have sessions and and do sessions on, but they're not coming. And I said, okay, well, what are you doing to get out and grow your clientele? Nothing, but I'm praying. And it's like, to your point right (laughs) there, it's more than just prayer. It has to be more than prayer. I mean, it's like prayer is important. The older I get, the more I absolutely embrace the power of prayer. It's critical, but it isn't, it's not enough. It's not going to do it. This is a planet of action. This is a planet of having to take the steps. And I think that for your listeners who are challenged to try to make their spiritual businesses take off in whatever form or fashion those businesses are, 
is that they have to remember that spiritual people have a tendency to like get into the spiritual vein. They don't like the money and they don't like the marketing. They don't like those things. I get it. It's like I'm a recovering certified public accountant. I used to be a CPA. I consider that to be a gift an absolute gift, a present from the universe, because the universe taught me, okay, here's this whole part of the world. Now you want to do the spiritual thing Well, you're going to need that other part. You used to be a marketer. And so you get it that it's like, my message is useless if I don't get it out there. Mm -hmm. And so people who are very much into wanting to grow their spiritual business have to look at the earthly physical plane aspects of making that be a success. You don't have to hate it, but you have to learn it. And you just do. Amazing. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm so excited you're here. I have so many different questions to ask you. One is... The way that people see angels, experience angels, we've shared, I think, over 250 angel stories on the show. Mm-hmm. It really varies how oh. they see and experience. Why is that? Why do the angels show up to all of us differently? Because we're different. It's like I mentioned, there's seven and a half billion people on the planet. None of them are identical. I feel like, and I'm not trying to like knock religion, but I feel like where religions get a skew for people is by saying it has to be this way. And so one religion's like, it has to be this way. Another religion, no, it's this way. Another religion is, no, it's this way. And those religions have a tendency to go, it's my way or the highway with dire consequences that are very ungodlike if you really pay any attention to it at all. And yet we are individuals. We know that we are like snowflakes to say, for example, that Archangel Michael is going to show up with long blonde hair and be all buff and in armor makes sense for all seven and a half billion people is cray cray. It also really puts the divine in a box. It limits source by saying source can only do this one way instead of looking at the divine source, God, goddess, universe, I don't care what word you use. But instead of looking at it from the standpoint, no, this is an unlimited power. Archangel Michael is a messenger of the divine, of source. He can show up for somebody as the blonde Buffy boy. He can show up as feminine. He can show up. I mean, it's like I have a new decks coming out and I got to like make my ultimate Archangel Michael. And for me, Archangel Michael is more Clark Kent. It's like he's got dark hair and he's kind of nerdy and he is handsome. But angels have show up for everybody differently because they're showing up for people where they are mm-hmm. and for who they are. Nothing else makes sense. It does not make sense for Archangel, I don't know, Michael to show up all blonde and buff to the eight-year-old girl with black skin who's going to be going, I don't get it. So, and Michael doesn't have to do that. And Michael doesn't want to do that. Michael wants to show up for us where we are. I love that. Okay. So I'm just going to be really raw and vulnerable. I grew up really in a very religious family, going to Catholic school, all of elementary. And I like to say I'm like the mom next door. I'm not too woo-woo. I don't understand 
where all these different okay so you have angels let me rephrase you have angels you have loved ones on the other side you have guides i get all of that there's all of these other groups though or entities groups that people are channeling through where are all these folks on the other side like who are they are they they're not angels they're not loved ones that have maybe had earthly lifetimes or have they had earthly lifetimes, but you see all these new healers popping up all the time and they've got all of these groups that they're channeling. Where are these groups on the other side and what do they function? Here's my take on that. So you're talking about like people call them spirit guides. There's also what's called like an ascended master, which is Christ or Buddha or Kuan Yin. There are our people who've passed over our great aunt Edna. (laughs) Who maybe we knew or maybe we didn't know. But here's my perception of that. Let's put this through the filter of angels, because this yeah. is a this is a primary thing for you. So, but there are 15 primary archangels that a lot of people work with in the system I work with. There are multiple systems. The one I work with, there's 15. So think of the divine source, God, as being this intense bright white light, or metaphorically speaking. Okay. Think of that bright white light as coming down and hitting the top of a prism. Okay. So now think of the colors flying out of the bottom of the prism. All right. So the blue energy is the blue element of the divine. And that is Archangel Michael. Mm -hmm. And it's the element of safety and protection and life purpose. It's of the divine. It is not the entirety of the divine, but it is this element of the divine that Michael embodies that is this element of these things that the divine can provide. Likewise, the element of the divine shoots off into emerald green. Now we have Raphael and the element of physical healing. Also, some would say matchmaking and travel. And then we have this pink that comes out and it's jovial. So all these covers are coming out. And so to me, this is the whole element of the archangels being elements of the divine, separating in various elements of the divine that we care about as human beings. So think about that prism as being bigger than that. So think about that prism as being, it's not just angels, it's ascended masters, it's guides. Because where did we sort of even start this whole element of this conversation? Why do different angels show up differently? Why do people have different experiences? Maybe angels are not your gig, okay? You just don't vibe to that. There's nothing wrong with that. I know a spiritual leader who's very famous, very well known, who will say immediately, not an angel person. Mm-hmm. But really into shamanism, really into um, um, the ascended masters. What do we got? If we got the divine going, I'm meeting you where you are. You need to connect with me. I want to connect with you. I'll do it through Ganesh with you. I'll do it through Kuan Yin. I'll do it through however you want. Because the angels don't care how you talk to them. They only care that you do. The divine even more so. Friends, do you want to get daily guidance from your spirit team, but just don't know how to tune in? Or maybe you've been trying to hear your intuition, but you feel like you're not hearing anything back. Or maybe you're hearing something back, but you don't know if it's your spirit team or not. Let me teach you all of this and more in my brand new four-week course called Be Your Own Angel Messenger. 
I'm running this class live September 18th. And if this resonates with you, it's because your angels are trying to teach you how to tune into this information so they can guide you more directly in your life and so that you'll feel more confident following your heart. It all begins September 18th. Be sure to check out the VIP ticket for smaller group lessons. Just a reminder that annual paying members get this course and the VIP ticket free as a perk. Become an annual member before September 17th and receive this course free as part of your annual paying angel membership. Find a link to more info in the show notes below. Now let's get back to the show. I do believe that my grandmother helps me and my mom helps me and stuff like that. They're both on the other side. And I do believe that they've had, as I experienced it, earthly lives. They're over there. They're waiting to come back. And I do kind of like believe in this whole concept of soul groups where it's like, okay, my mom was my mom this past this lifetime. The last lifetime she was my, I don't know, my plumber. And the lifetime (laughs) before that, she was my sister or my brother. And so I think that these are just different elements. It's really akin to what we also spoke about, that no one spiritual teacher can do it all. Right now, if you looked closely and you looked at me and you looked at Colette Baron-Reed and John Holland and Dougal Frazier and other Hay House authors, if you looked at what we're talking about, you would notice a similarity. We are not copying each other. We are different people tuning in to the same cosmic radio station and espousing the music to people in our each individual ways. I love it. And what the angels have shown me is anytime that your heart is stuck on something or your mind or you're closed off to something, there's a piece that you're missing that you have to open yourself to. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that you explained it that way because it really opens my heart to all of the different ways that people are channeling in the other side. Yeah, I don't think you have to chase everyone. I love Diana Cooper. She's a big angel teacher. She's the grand dame of Europe, but she's really into unicorns. She's really into dragons. I love her to pieces. I honor her path and her interest in those things, but I'm also like, eh, you know, because it's like, I, I got my angels. I'm feel real good with that. Content. But there's also something to be said about trying everything at the buffet. Yeah. I love it. I love it. No, that's perfect. All right. Next question I want to dive into. When it comes to the angels, they're always bringing in new lessons. They're always like leveling us up, up, up. And just when you think Mm -hmm. you can't go up one more level, they're going to open your eyes and show you something new. When it comes to the collective consciousness where we're at as humanity right now, the angel said to ask you Mm -hmm. what they're bringing in for the collective and maybe also for you personally of just where you're at and how they've leveled you up over time. Wow. Okay. You're good at questions. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You are good at questions. I think that when it comes to the collective, to the whole world, I think that, okay, so I'm going to use someone else's words. This is not the way I necessarily talk. We mentioned Diana Cooper. I have dear friends and people on my team who see things this way. And so there is this cosmic clash between the way 
this planet has functioned in the past and the way it is trying to move. I don't like to use these terms, but I'm going to use it and ask people to please think of it as a metaphor. Okay, so the terms that my friends would use is the darkness is on its way out, the light is on its way in, and the darkness is fighting for its life and doesn't want the light to come in. And the darkness is just like really punching at it to try to keep it from going. I'm going to use that as a metaphor and go, we as human beings have been evolving for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Human beings, by their very nature, are fearful of change. Whether we define something as light or dark, we are in this space where we're not just trying to change as individuals. We're trying to change as a planet and people are resisting it. And so that's why I feel like there's a lot of conflicts in the world right now that feel cataclysmic to us, that feel like, oh, my God, we're not going to be okay. We're, we're not going to be okay. This is not going to be... It's like one of my brothers is the executive producer for CBS News. I adore him with every ounce of my being, but he cannot text us and not go, the world is coming to an end because he's a journalist and that's what he sees, right? And I think that we as human beings are, are scared in this moment. I think this is why people are so drawn to Michael. We're scared because we think we're not going to make it. But I think that we are going to make it. But I think that we, for whatever perhaps inconceivable reason, people like you and me and your listeners have chosen to come to Earth during this particularly challenging moment to witness this. And because of my spiritual beliefs being the way they are, I can't help myself but think that it's because something so amazing, so fabulous, so incredible, so wonderful is on the precipice of happening that we wanted to be here for it. Mm -hmm. And we were willing to put up with all the craziness that we have seen, are seeing, are probably going to see. Because it, the payoff is going to be so amazing. For me personally, I think that definitely 2023 so far has been definitely next levelness. I'm in this moment where I'm trying to figure out what is the balance of life. You know, I told you before we started that it's like I have four decks coming out between now and October of 2024, which is not life balance. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not. And so I'm very focused on that right now. I'm very focused on how can I be the healthiest, strongest aspect of myself so that I enjoy life for however long I have left on planet Earth and still get the message out that I love doing. So it's a very, very introspective year for me. Well, it's interesting because the angels came in. I did a podcast in January and they said, this is going to be the year of ease. But it's interesting because they always get you to an energy through its opposite. And yep. so this has been one of the most challenging, but yet exciting years. And that ease is coming through understanding that balance, like you were saying. I think that's a really big theme to this year as well. And also surrendering control. 
I think that we talk about acceptance and surrendering, but to really do it is almost something that you have to do multiple, multiple, multiple times throughout the day because we don't realize Mm -hmm. just how tight of a grasp we are trying to control every single part of our lives. I totally, totally agree because I think that I also think we fall asleep again, metaphorically, but we fall asleep. We get up in the morning and go, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And maybe we do our angel meditation and our angel prayers. And we're like, Michael, help me with this. But then it's like, but also get the kids to school. But also I've got that report to write. But also I have that deadline. But also I have that class that we're launching. But also I, and so we fall asleep into the thickness, I'm going to say, of earthly life. And when we do that, we are no longer as connected to the joy, the lightness of being, the aspects of being here that we want to be connected to. Yeah, we just, we fall into a slumber and then, and we miss a lot. When it comes to your own spiritual practice, do you do the same thing every single day or does your spiritual practice like ebb and flow and do you change it up to keep getting that dopamine hit from it? I'm not good at changing it up, which is curious because I'm quintuple Sagittarius. I literally eat change for breakfast. And yet maybe it's this one thing in my life, my spiritual practice where I don't want it. I just want it the same. I think all the time that I need to change it up, but I pretty much have the same routine. It's like I do my prayers there. I had an advisor once tell me that my angel prayers are like a mantra or even a manifest. And I get what she's saying, but they are the same. You know, it's, it's the same. And one of the things that I love about my life is that I'm so awake. I am so in tune. I notice every sign, every last thing. I'm noticing stuff behind you in your room. I'm not going, oh, there's turquoise. Oh, there's, you know, a tripod. I mean, that's like, I notice everything. That allows the change up for me, I think. That allows for me to like, to go, oh, this is a different message. This is a different reminder. But the core of my process is the same. Yeah, that's amazing. I want to ask you about this, and I I channeled before we hopped on today, and this Uh is one of the questions that they said to ask you. I'm just a very curious person. That's how I come up with my questions and and just Mm -hmm. uh, ask in spirit what they want to bring through. But this has been coming up a lot lately, and I'm not ready to share the story behind it, but spontaneous healings happen. And they said to ask you to talk about spontaneous healings and what you've seen in your body of work. I think that healing happens when we allow it to. And a big conversation for me over the last year and a half has been stories. So it's like, what story are you telling yourself? I think that we have these stories we tell ourselves. And to use your specific topic, it's like, I'm sick or I am unwell, Mm -hmm. or I uh, control this or that in my health. And when we tell those stories over and over and over, we become ingrained in those stories. The cells in our body become ingrained in those stories, and healing doesn't happen. I think that spontaneous healing happens. There's two ways that I can think of. I, I don't want to say there's only two, but there's two ways that I've experienced. One is we change our story. 
We change our story to allow for the healing. And then there's what I would call grace. My experience with grace is powerful. And just to be specific to your listeners, when I say grace, I think of grace as meaning the blessing we got, even though we didn't deserve it or earn it. Not that we aren't worthy. Let's just give an example. If you're in a place of believing this is going to go badly, this is not going to work out, it's going to be terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then out of the blue, it does. Out of the blue, it turns out better than you could have ever imagined. Out of the blue, it's the hay house contract. Out of the blue, (laughs) it's the I don't have to buy a new car. I don't know. It's like it's the out of the blue thing. Even though your mind was totally focused on this is never going to happen or the bad thing is going to happen. And that to me is grace. That is where the angels are like, okay, you're in your story, you're in your space, and we're going to just show you. So I think that healing, spontaneous healing happens. And and I don't want to limit spontaneous healing to physical healing. I want it to leave space for the emotional healing and the spiritual healing, where it's like this whole aspect of it's just better now. It's stories and it's grace, in my opinion. Those are the two things. Fix your story. I'm going to say that better. Heal your story. Heal yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So. I love that. And I think that that's so spot on. Kind of sticking with a similar theme here. There are people out there who say to mass audiences, if you don't ask your angels for help, then they cannot come in and help you. And I don't think that that's true. I think that if that were the case, then humanity would not be evolving at Mm -hmm. all. What is more so true is that when we're asking our angels for help, we have an awareness, a presence in our own lives. We're conscious of what we're going through. We're conscious of the situation. And that conscious awareness paired with the divine consciousness coming in when we're asking for help is taking us to another level, more through a conscious awareness than just subconsciously when we're not asking for help. What's your take on all of this? Oh, I'm just going to hit the gold button. (laughs) You, You get to proceed to the finals. No, I mean, it's like, to me, I think that's absolute genius and brilliance. I have wondered from time to time if there's this whole element of when we sleep, our souls kind of like reconnect to the other side, and then we come back into this body and uh, when we wake up. And so there's this whole element of it's almost like a new incarnation. And so let's ask the angels for help in that moment. But your answer is far superior to that. I think it's accurate. It's, it's not about, I have a previous teacher who used to say that kind of thing. And there was always this caveat for unless it's life-threatening, in which case the angels can intervene. But that was never, what's the word I want? Satisfying to me. Mm -hmm. Because, well, there's a lot of life-threatening situations that don't end well. Planet Earth, okay, again. But, uh, you know, so the angels are not stepping in every time. So what's the definition of stepping in because it's a life-threatening and... What does that even mean? I get real stuck 
on stuff like that. I'm I have a very scientific mind. I'm really blessed to have like both sides of my brain functioning. I have a tendency to think about, but that doesn't make you know. But wait, what? I mean, it's like why this time, not the next time? Why and, and who decided? that this was a life-threatening situation where the angels could step in versus a life-threatening situation where the angels can't step in. Because to me, that just basically doesn't work. Yeah. I think that you're right. It's about, and that also goes back to stories, really, Julie. What is your story? Well, my story is that I have my angels helping me because I asked them to. Mm -hmm. That's my story. And because that's my story, it's happening. Okay, so I talked about this with my audience a couple months ago on the podcast, but I'm not sure that I explained it right. So I just want to bring this up and and get your take on it too. I over the last 10 years, and I don't believe in right or wrong, right? Like baking people out to be right or wrong. I just want to widen the space within the healing community for more angelic work and kind of seeing all healing work as equal. That's my point in all of this. Instead of like, this is superior and this is less than. So over the last 10 years, I've been in different situations where I've been in, you know, what do they call those big basketball gyms at colleges or arenas? And you see evidentiary mediums right in front of thousands of other folks. Everybody comes to the event that night with these really, really high hopes of hearing from their loved ones and and really getting the message. And five, six, 10, 12, 20 people get a reading that night, but then thousands leave feeling this emptiness because they didn't get that reading that they were looking for. And I think that when it comes to being a healer, we often put evidentiary mediumship like on this very, very high pedestal, but I've gotten to experience a lot of angel healers like yourself and other folks who come in and work with thousands of people at one time and everybody walks away feeling like they've changed their stories, feeling like they have had an encounter with their angels, that they know how to work with their angels. And so I'm just wondering in your work, how do we make it so that one form of healing isn't up here and one is down here? One more thing I just want to say on this is when you're an angel messenger, you get validating evidence. You mm-hmm. get proof. Mm-hmm. In every single one of my sessions, people are like, you wouldn't do thousands of sessions or have the reputation that you have without getting that proof. It's just different from evidentiary mediumship. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I'll tell you what I think the difference is. One is showing up passively to get the message from somebody else. And so the person that is doing the mediumship is empowered. We've empowered that other person. That is not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. People show up for John Holland. They show up for Hildebrand. They show up for these mediums who are incredible. Uh, Tyler, I, I don't even know his last name. Okay. But it's like they show up for these people. And there is an element of empowering them as the master. They're the person with the message. They're the ones that can heal us. They're the ones who can provide the message that we are looking for. That is not a bad thing unless the person puts the speaker on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. 
The other version is empower the people who attended. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, that's great. If I were to walk in and do readings from the stage and go, hi, I got this message. And the person goes, oh my God, that's spot on. That's great. From the standpoint of that person got a message. Hopefully the person giving the messages told the audience, I can't get to all thousands of you. You need to be listening for the message that is also for you. Yeah. That was for somebody else. And it shows people, okay, Radley can do that. And maybe if Radley says his story's right, that means if I can do it, you can do it. But when Radley teaches a class or any teacher teaches a class and it's like, I am not here to do readings for you. I'm here to teach you to do your own. Mm-hmm. I am not here to deliver the message from the angels to you. I am here to help you to get the messages for yourself. Now, all thousand people get their messages. Now, all thousand people are empowered to get their messages on an ongoing basis. Number one is fun and fine. Number two is what I get off on. That is what matters to me more than anything walking into a room with a ton of people who know nothing about angels and watching their eyes light up as they experience that for the first time, that is why I am here. That's what I care about. And so I think that it's important for people, if you want experiential, then that's, what do you call it? Evidential? Is that what you call it? Evidential. Mm -hmm. If you want evidential, that's great. And it can be fun and uplifting and wonderful, but I am going to call this one experiential. Mm-hmm. I would recommend an experiential spirituality. Yeah. It's like experience it yourself mm-hmm. and connect to it yourself. Learn to do it yourself because then you don't need Radley to tell you whether to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt. You can yeah. just ask your angels. Yeah. And it, it's not making like somebody out to be right or wrong. No, 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 I no, think no. that there's almost a process that spirit is working through all of us where yeah. uh, sometimes the evidentiary mediums crack something open that lets, you know, God, universe, source stream through somebody sure. more, and then they're wanting to do. And it's almost like we're that second step of they can really, really go deep. And then we were talking about the unicorns before. And then if you want to go off into pet sure. mediumship, or you want to go off into Akashic record work, or whatever sure. that might be, you can even go deeper. Yeah. Thanks for walking through that with me, though. I I just needed to kind of verbalize that. Yeah. Okay. So for everybody listening, they are very in tune with their angels, their group that's been listening to 400 episodes on angels. What would you say to your more experienced audience with angels? Maybe anything that you can share with them to take them deeper. (laughs) Okay. So As a person who's been like into angels for more years than I want to admit I've been on planet (laughs) Earth, okay, don't stop learning. It's like, don't stop the experiential aspect. If you think that you know it all, think again. The last two years for me, I just had what I knew about the archangels. And yes, I had done tons of research. And do I have a million books? I do. And, and because I was doing card decks, but I had not personally sat down and said, I am going to channel serious stuff from each individual archangel, like just to do it. And for me, that was like, 
eye-opening experience. So just going, oh, well, here's our Archangel Michael or Raphael or Shamuel or Gabriel. And it's like, I know what they do. And yes, I've had some sort of personal experience. Go deeper. What is the deeper experience for yourself? How can you create that? Because until you do that, it's the equivalent of saying that you know your neighbor versus your best friends with your neighbor. Mm, Be best friends with your angels. Be best friends with your angels. Yes. I love it. I love it. Radley, will you tell everybody where they can find you, your work? And you have four card decks coming out between now and 2024, right? I do. It's insane. So um, first of all, uh, let me just say this. So I have this red bowl. Okay. So this is the deck that I just turned in. Okay. Yeah. And so what I do is when I have a deck that I've just turned in is I have this big red KitchenAid bowl. Don't ask me why I use that one. And I print out on paper each card. And it's my way of testing it because I still have time. I could still call my editor and go, right, I don't like this one. So I pulled one for us. And it says, I completely trust my intuition. I follow my guidance with excitement and confidence which I think is perfect for our talk today. I completely trust my intuition. I follow my guidance with excitement and confidence. My next deck that is coming out is called Angels and Auras Oracle Cards. I did it with the beautiful Dougal Frazier. It was amazing. This comes out in October on Halloween, just by coincidence. Uh, You can find me at RadleyValentine.com, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. All my classes are at RadleyValentine.com is just the central aspect. It's R-A-D-L-E-I-G-H-V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. Wonderful. Radley, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being you and just bring the angel energy into this world in such a a more massive way. Thank you for having me. I was delighted to be here. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know, I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com 
or DM me on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.